0: This is the Saturday to Sunday football podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us is here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday football podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, the NFL Draft recap shows are continuing. Five divisions down, three to go. I'm going to be breaking down. Every team, every pick from the AFC North tonight, I'll be breaking down the Browns, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Ravens. If you have not checked out any of the first five mini podcasts recapping division by division, I highly recommend going back, sharing my favorite picks, sharing my value picks, talking about the most questionable decision or questionable picks for each team in the NFL draft, a synopsis on the entire draft class, sharing who were the big winners from each division as well. So let's get right into it tonight, kicking it off with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals had a What I thought was a pretty solid draft. Let me kind of go through the picks here to kind of set the stage. At pick 31, in round one, they took Michigan cornerback, safety, nickel corner, Daxton Hill out of Michigan. In the second round, pick 60 overall, it took Nebraska cornerback, Cam Taylor Britt. In the third round, I picked 95 overall, it took... Florida defensive tackle Zach Carter. In the fourth round at pick 136, they took North Dakota State offensive lineman Cordell Volson. In the fifth round from Toledo, they took safety Tyson Anderson at pick 166. And in the seventh round, they took Coastal Carolina defensive end Jeffrey Gunther at pick 252. The Super Bowl runner-ups. I like what they did in this draft. They really solidified the secondary. I think Dax Hill is a movable chess piece who can be cornerback, could play nickel. I think most teams looked at him as a free safety slash nickel corner, but very versatile, can do a lot of things with him. He was my favorite pick. In terms of my favorite value pick, that was Toledo safety Tyson Anderson. I think this is a guy who could be a starter at the next level in the next year or two. And they drafted him in the fifth round of pick 166 overall. So I really like that value. If Tyson Anderson would have went off the board late round three or early round four, <clears throat> I would have thought it was perfectly acceptable. So I really like the Tyson Anderson pick. I thought that presented really good value. In terms of most questionable decision, I, I don't strongly dislike it, but I, I do think at pick 95 in the third round overall. Uh, they took Zach Carter, who's a little bit of a movable chess piece in terms of along the defensive line. It does make you wonder that the Bengals were highly connected to Houston defensive lineman Logan Hall. Zach Carter is kind of like a reduced version of that. Like He can play some five tech. He can play some defensive tackle. You can play some regular defensive end. You could do a lot of different things with him, just not as a good of a player, not a good hand usage, not as athletic as a guy like Logan Hall and in short area, quickness as much at all. I thought they maybe could have pivoted to a different position. I know they got reinforcements on the old line in free agency, but I wouldn't even have been that upset if they continued to throw resources and assets at that offensive line position. I know they got North Dakota state offensive lineman Cordell Volson in round four, but there were some guys in the third round that I might've been a little bit more intrigued with than Zachary Carter. Uh, I didn't talk about him with my favorite picks, but I really like Cam Taylor Britt also. <clears throat> He's another guy that I think could be a, a future starter. One of my biggest questions about this draft is, does this mean that maybe they're going to let, you know, some of their good pieces in the secondary, you know, not resign when when, when they're due to get paid? Uh, you know, Bates is, Jesse Bates is one of the best, uh, you know, safeties in the league and, Dax Hill, Tyson Anderson, is this the writing on the wall that when it comes time to pay up for Jesse Bates, are they going to lose a a key member of that defense because they invested a a lot of resources maybe in having new bodies if they don't want to pay Bates what the market value is for him? I, I hope that's not the case. If not, then I don't love some of the secondary picks as much if it comes at the expense of Jesse Bates leaving uh, when he becomes a free agent. But all in all, I thought the Bengals did a good job. They understand that in the AFC, if they're going to make a run, if they're going to get by the Kansas City Chiefs again and the Bills and other teams, they need to be loaded in the secondary because we know what Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes are going to be like. They're going to be the faces of the AFC for the next decade, and Joe Burrow might be there right there with them. But they know that on the defensive side, it's going to be all about do you have the secondary pieces that could at least slightly – Slow down some of these offenses and make an occasional stop to give your team you know a chance um, you know to compete there as well next up let's take this to the Baltimore Ravens they were in my top three or four favorite drafts it was the Jets it was the Eagles it was Casey it was Baltimore those were my favorite four drafts this year uh in terms of what the teams did on draft weekend you know Baltimore interestingly they most people thought they were looking to get Jordan Davis, the big defensive tackle from Georgia, Philadelphia leapfrogs them. So then they just stay at 14. They take Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, who not that long ago people thought was going to be a top five pick in this draft. Then they make the trade where they trade away Marquise Brown. Apparently he's been asking to be traded. They kept that really quiet and they drafted with the pick they got there from Arizona. Well, technically got yeah, pick 23 and then they, they, dropped back to 25, they took Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum, who, you know, when this draft process started, people thought he could be a top 10, top 15 pick, but centers don't usually go that high. He's more limited to his own scheme, which is kind of interesting because that's not really what Baltimore does. But I talked about on the draft night recap shows that I'm really intrigued to watch Linderbaum get out in space and open things up for Lamar Jackson or JK Dobbins. I, I think it's going to be something really fun to, to watch it happen in the second round. They took at pick 45 overall. They were willing to gamble on Michigan edge rusher, David Ajabo redshirt him for a year, but this is a guy who was going to be a top 15, top 20 pick and, and they get him at pick 45 in the third round. They take a pick 76 UConn defensive tackle. Travis Jones is the guy who could have went top of second round. Nobody would have blinked an eye in the fourth round, two picks that I, three picks that I love really. Um, uh, they had six of them in that round, but they took Minnesota offensive tackle Daniel Falele at Armour Davis at 119. Then they took Iowa State tight end Charlie Collar at pick 128. Then they took Penn State punter Jordan Stout at 130. At 139, they took Coastal Carolina tight end Isaiah Likely at pick 141 in the fourth round, they took Houston cornerback, Arian Williams. And then the sixth round, they took Missouri running back, Tyler Beatty at Pitt, 196. To be honest with you, I pretty much loved everything they did. So the one gripe that I have with them was I wish they would have gotten a speed receiver. I know rumors that are out there was they were targeting Calvin Austin and Pittsburgh leapfrogged him and took him from them but they had six fourth round picks and Calvin Austin was available early in the fourth round. They had three, they had a pick at 110, 119, 128. I think they should have said, okay, we like Falele. We like Armour Davis. We like Kolar, the punter, but they should have been more willing to get the wide receiver, especially there were some interesting guys there in round four. They had six picks in round four. They take no wide receivers. So that would be the big thing that I would question. You trade away Marquise Brown. You don't have anybody else next besides Rashad Bateman. You need to get somebody uh, who can compliment him. Obviously they're going to go a lot of two tight end sets. Obviously Mark Andrews would be one of the focal points of that offense. And then I think you're going to see Charlie Kolar and Isaiah likely potentially have a role sooner rather than later. And they're going to go back to a lot of two tight end sets there and utilize that uh, Kyle Hamilton, you know, didn't test as well at the combine, but he plays speed is faster. How quickly he processes things. he think he's going to be a force there in that defense. I already talked about Linderbaum, how much I like him. Listen, my favorite pick, if I'm going to pick just one, it would be David Ojabo where they got him. But to be honest with you, for favorite picks, you could put Hamilton, Linderbaum, Ojabo, uh, Travis Jones, Jalen Armour Davis, where they got him, Charlie Kolar. I mean, like there's six picks that I really, really liked. Even Daniel Falele, I think it was, a, it was a really good pick that I really liked a lot for what they wanted to do. In terms of their best value, I think by far and away, it was Travis Jones a pick 76. If he would have went, like I said, early second round, I, I think it wouldn't have been that crazy. Jalen Armour Davis, if he would have went late third round, I, I don't think it would have been crazy. If Falele if went in the end of the third round, that that's what people expected. Colar could have went in the third round. He went all the way at pick 128 in the fourth round. So, and then even Tyler Beatty at pick six, I think he could have went in the fourth or fifth round. You know, I like Rashad White more, but if Rashad White's a late third round pick, Tyler Beatty late sixth round, like it, it seems like there should have been a little bit more, uh, you know, not as much separation between those guys because Beatty is a really intriguing player. I'm excited to see him. I think he can carve out a role in that. I know they signed Mike Davis. I know they have Gus Edwards, but Tyler Beatty is the guy who's going to make that roster. I think even as a late sixth round pick. And I think he might get an opportunity at some point to at least be a part of that backfield. Obviously it's going to be JK Dobbins, but they run so much other people get an opportunity there as well, but great job by the Ravens. My one question mark is about that second wide receiver spot. As I'm recording this a a few hours earlier, uh, Jarvis Landry signed with the Saints. So that means that's one less guy out there. The wide receivers that are available are kind of dwindling, you know, unless they can get like Odell to sign there. But I think that might be Green Bay's plan, you know, when he gets healthy. Uh, But they they are going to need somebody else at that wide receiver position. I thought Jarvis Landry would have made a lot of sense for them as a guy who works in the middle of the field. Well, that's where Lamar Jackson's at his best. Uh, but he's now heading home to play for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, So we'll see if, if the Ravens have a move up their sleeves to get themselves another legit wide receiver or at least a veteran who can be serviceable this year with Bateman and Andrews and the rest of that offense. Up next is the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, the Browns did not have early draft capital, partially due to the Deshaun Watson trade. In the third round, though, they did have three picks in the third round. Uh, At pick 68 overall, they took Mississippi State cornerback Martin Emerson. At pick 78 in the third round, they took Alabama, Birmingham, Edge, Alex Wright. At pick 99 in the third round, they took Purdue wide receiver David Bell. In the fourth round, at pick 108, they took Oklahoma defensive tackle Perry Winfrey. Later in the fourth round, at pick 124, they took LSU kicker Cade York. In the fifth round, they took Cincinnati running back Jerome Ford to pick 156. Then in pick uh, at in round six, pick 202, they took Oklahoma wide receiver Michael Woods, and then pair of seventh round picks, they took Oklahoma defensive end Isaiah Thomas, and then Texas Tech center Dawson Deedon. So obviously lacking draft capital due to the strong Watch and trade, gave them the franchise quarterback, take all the other stuff away from it for just now. You know, they they made the bold move because they haven't been able to get a legitimate franchise quarterback there for basically ever. They paid a heavy, steep price in terms of draft picks and compensation financially to, to bring Watson there. Uh, but some of the things that I, I liked about this draft, my favorite picks were Perrion Winfrey and Jerome Ford. Uh, Perrion Winfrey also is my favorite value pick. I mean, this is a guy that if he would have went middle around two, I'm talking like pick 50, I would have been, I think most people would have said, okay, he's one of the best penetrant retex. If Devontae Wright is going, Devontae Wright, Devontae Wyatt is going at the end of round one, you know, Perry and Winfrey should come off the board 20, 30 picks later at the most, not late round one to pick 108 in the draft. I don't think there's that big of a space between Devontae Wyatt and Perry and Winfrey. I really like Winfrey's game. I thought, well, it might not have been ideally what they need to get a talent like him who I thought was a second round grade uh, and definitely not out of day two. To get him at 108, I thought it was tremendous value and also my favorite pick. I do like the Jerome Ford pick a lot of Cincinnati to running back, and he's a guy Greg Cosell liked as well. He was a guy I had right on the fringe of my top 10 running backs. To me, I think there's one more year of the the Chubb-Kareem Hunt duo, and then I think they're going to let Kareem Hunt leave in free agency. I think Jerome Ford could develop into that secondary running back there for the Browns. I mean, we started the Ernest Johnson last year when he got a chance to produce. I mean, really strong run game. I think Jerome Ford could be a really productive player in that scheme if he gets an opportunity. So I really like the Jerome Ford pick as well. Uh, David Bell is a guy who, yes, I know the athletic testing isn't great, but he's a guy that I think could really become a possession wide receiver for them. They have Amari Cooper. He can get vertical. Uh, while he's a different size than a guy like Jarvis Landry, I think David Bell can play that possession-style role, big slot outside of the Z position. I think, you know, him with Amari Cooper and the other pieces that the Browns have there, I think Deshaun Watson, you know, is set up to, you know, if he's not suspended early on uh, with that run game and how productive they are on the ground, I think they could make have a pretty good offense right off the bat. Uh, they're hoping they got a couple potential defensive starters in Martin Emerson, Alex Wright. I think Martin Emerson has a real shot to become a starter, Uh, You know, if not this year, by year two. Alex Wright, I think, could be at least a rotational or situational pass rusher as well, and maybe down the line develops into a starter. Uh, My biggest question would obviously be the kicker in round four. I just think there were too many good players left to invest in the kicker. I know kicker was an issue last year for them, but I just... Round four, man, I just think round four is a little too early for a kicker., uh, I would have rather see them pivot to a different position, get another wide receiver, double dip there, uh, you know, or invest in this best available player rather than kind of push the kicker up the board a little bit. So next up is the Pittsburgh Steelers to round out the AFC north. The Steelers were the only team who decided to invest in the quarterback early in this draft. In the first round, pick 20 overall, they took Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett. In the second round, they took Georgia wide receiver George Pickens at pick 52 overall. In the third round, a pick 84, they took Texas A&M defensive lineman DeMarvin Leal. In the fourth round, a pick 138, they took Memphis wide receiver Calvin Austin. In the sixth round, at pick 208, they took Michigan State fullback Connor Hayward. In the seventh round, they had a pair of picks. They took Ole Miss linebacker Mark Robinson and South Dakota State quarterback Chris Olokadoon. Overall, the Steelers, listen, my favorite pick by far is Calvin Austin in terms of where they got him. If he would have went early third round, mid-third round, I I wouldn't have been stunned by it. So him and and George Pickens are my two favorite picks. They're also two of my favorite value picks. I'll add – uh, Demarvin Leal into that as well. He could have went mid second round. I don't think anybody would have been surprised. So he last the pick eighty four. But to stay on the wide receivers, we know we got Deontay Johnson there. We know we got Chase Claypool. We are seeing teams let guys, young wide receivers, go if they're asking for a lot. They won't let both of those guys go. And I think they probably will skew more towards keeping Deontay Johnson than Chase Claypool. But if Deontay Johnson is looking for twenty or twenty two million dollars a year, I'm not sure the Steelers are going to give it to him. You know, it's not crazy anymore, right? The Chiefs let traded away Tyree Kill. The Packers traded away Devontae Adams. You know, the Ravens traded away Marquise Brown. The Titans traded away AJ Brown. So I don't think as good as Deontay Johnson's been, if he wants some major contract, they might trade him off at some point. And we've seen glimpses that Chase Claypool, but he hasn't been consistently good. So they look at a guy like George Pickens. They look at a guy like Calvin Austin that you add them to Deontay Johnson and Claypool this year. And I'm really intrigued by that wide receiver, you know, four set right there. They also have Pat Friermoot. They have a a great young running back in Najee Harris who can catch passes out of the backfield. And they're also setting themselves up for if Claypool or Deontay Johnson leave, these guys can maybe elevate themselves into a bigger role. So really like those two picks in terms of favorite picks, in terms of value picks. Uh, the, the, Marvin Leal last year this time, most people thought he was a top 10, top 20 player that kind of slowed down as he just wasn't as explosive and the production wasn't just there. But I think where he was, again, I keep coming back to Logan Hall, a versatile piece along the defensive line. The Marvin Leal is a versatile piece along the defensive line. One went at like, you know, early second round and one went at pick 84. So like, I, I do think not as big of a gap should have been there between guys like that, uh, My most questionable decision from the Steelers, listen, I didn't love their seventh round picks, but that's here or there. It comes down, this whole draft comes down to Kenny Pickett, right? The wide receivers could be good, but if Kenny Pickett's not the answer, then this draft's going to be looked upon as a failure. And the question about Kenny Pickett is, is he Andy Dalton? Is he Derek Carr? Is that good enough? Is he Kirk Cousins? You know, is he Mac Jones? And he's just a fun, you know, who, in terms of what Mac Jones was last year. I just think the Steelers have a really good team. They're set up. They got playmakers. They got running back. They got a good old line. They got a good defense. But Kenny Pickett is one of those guys who, to me, he's just going to be. He's going to be good. He's going to be above average. He'll help them win ten games a year, eleven games, make the playoffs once he settles in. But is that going to be it? Is he going to be able to duel with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Like, I just don't know. Like. That's my biggest question. I would have gambled, and I would have taken Malik Willis because of the upside. You could have let Trubisky be the guy this year, and and then kind of hope and groomed Willis, who's got a higher ceiling than than Pickett. That would have been my approach that I would have taken because if you if you don't have a guy who can be a guy with rare traits and really you know make special plays, I'm just not sure you can win in this league right now. I guess he could, the perfect situation can maybe happen. But that's just asking for a lot while the teams with the elite quarterbacks, those elite quarterbacks can kind of hide some of the, the warts and, and flaws of a team and, and still carry them, you know, really far. I look how far Joe Burrow, you know, was able to carry the Bengals, you know, almost to being Super Bowl champions, even with that horrific offensive line and some questionable, you know, moments in terms of their defense. So a quarterback can make that up. They're going to try to take the other approach of let's have everything else really good. But the problem is, is once the guys start paying some of those other guys, they start losing some of those guys. And then if the quarterback can't elevate the play, you know, they, they kind of get stuck in that quarterback purgatory a little bit. And, and that's where I, I kind of fear that Kenny Pickett kind of keeps them. I think he could be above average. I think he could be a functional starter. I'm just not sure. I see him being a guy that's better than Kirk Cousins or being better than Derek Carr. And I'm just not sure if that's good enough in today's NFL to, to get the Steelers to where they inevitably want and expect to be, which is deep into the playoffs, you know, potentially contending for Super Bowls. If I had a run through my favorite drafts, I would say Baltimore is far and away my favorite. Uh, I would say even though I didn't love the pick a pick, I think the Steelers would probably be my second favorite, followed by the Bengals third, followed by the Browns fourth. Obviously, the Browns, you know, not having those picks. You know, But even the guys they picked, I like a couple of them, but not nearly as many as I like on some of the other teams. But I think the Ravens were the clear winner. If they can figure out that other wide receiver position, really interested uh, to see how good they could be this year with getting guys back healthy and, and the investments that they've made as well in free agency and the draft. So there it is, guys. Every, my thoughts on every team, almost every pick in the AFC North. Two more of these to go. Next up will be the AFC South before we close it up with the AFC West. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us. I look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.